In a fascinating way, the Exodus serves as a backdrop for all of our readings today. Remember the Exodus, right? The Israelites had been enslaved for 450 years in Egypt under Pharaoh. Moses was in the desert. He saw this spectacular sight. Went up the mountain and came to this bush that was burning but was not consumed and heard that voice, take off your sandals for you're standing on holy ground. And God said, I have heard the plight, the pleas, the cries of my people. And so I will send you to deliver them. You remember what Moses asked him? All right, what's your name? When I go and say, hey, I was sent by God, which God are you? What's your name? God replied with that mysterious name, I am. I am life itself, existence itself. I am the only God. There are no others. And so Pharaoh received Moses, but would not let the Israelites go, at least initially. Time and again, he said, let my people go three days into the desert that they might worship God. He gave in a little and said, okay, the men can go. And Moses said, no, that won't do. He is the God of us all. And he said, okay, but you can't take your livestock. And Moses said, well, no, we don't know how to worship God. Worship from man is meaningless. We depend upon his revealing what true worship looks like. Ultimately, they were allowed to go, entered into a covenant with God, given the commandments so that they might live justly with one another, so that when they entered into the promised land, they might possess it with peace and harmony. It was only after two long years of journeying in the desert, two long years of testing and trials, learning how to be free, it would seem, that this blessing in our first reading was offered to them. God had asked Moses to do a census of the people. So Moses divided the people into four quadrants, north, south, east, and west. You might envision you know, a pie or a pizza divided four ways. And at the center was the meeting tent, the tent in which the Ark of the Covenant was placed. And God's Shekinah, that cloud that indicated that he was present, descended upon there. So all the people were organized in this way, directed, facing towards his presence, from which they looked for a blessing and were blessed. Yet something was wrong, for although they had freely entered into a covenant with God and promised to keep the law under pain of a curse, they didn't keep it. But the law exposed their hardness of heart. St. Paul said the law multiplied transgressions. It revealed what was on the inside, and it taught them to look forward to a Savior who would somehow address the underlying problem in mankind's heart, enabling them, enabling us, to truly be children of God so we can call him Abba, Father. And he was named Jesus, which means, I am saves you. It's as though that name at the burning bush was waiting for completion, which was completed by whom? 
Mary, was it not? The angel that had come to her revealed his name. It's as though she is the burning bush in the new covenant, fully revealing who God is. I am saves you. He is the human face of God that shines upon us more brightly than the burning bush of old, penetrating our stony hearts with his spirit, making us children, heirs of God. But heirs can reject their parents and the gifts they bestow. I was reminded of this sadly this past week. When parents spoke about their high schooler uh, who had so much promise, been loved all her life long, given the faith, given extraordinary opportunities and a bright future that had turned dark. She had come apparently under influence at school and perhaps also online. And as soon as she turned 18, which just happened, she rejected everything, disavowed them, left them all behind, moved out. That bright future looks so terribly and tragically dark now. It underscores the freedom offered to God's children, freedom from those things that would bind you and drag you into a dark place. You know, so I suppose at the beginning of this new year, you know, we're being invited to look back at 2022 and assess you know, what's at the center of our life, what's at the center of your life, what is it organized around what does the way in which you spend your time indicate that? From whom or from what do we seek to be blessed? What are the threats to your freedom as children of God? Are they of an ethical nature? Things possessing you from your smartphone, TV, from the way in which you might relate in a way with others, complaining? or demeaning them, making fun of them? You know, what are the threats to your freedom? Is it indifference about God? Is it that busyness that creeps in, and then you just end up with no quality family time? Or the materialism that gradually takes a hold and dominates your thoughts? Or maybe bitterness or despair as you watch the news and think this world is lost? You know, begin with what you can do with what's in your control. Begin with your hearts. That's the place to start. Organize your life around the true good to the degree you move your face away from that shining light, shadows appear. Turn your face towards Him so His face may shine upon yours. 